0: Wolf and Luke, and now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley, yeah, baby, bring
1: it on,
0: Luke Lipinski, the great Luke Lipinski. (laughs) You're devaluing the word "great" if you follow with Luke Lipinski. (laughs) Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
2: It's been four hours of Wilbur against Sparky. Just a big fist fight here. I'm the local sports leader, Arizona Sports, and I got another issue. Yet another, add another one to the list. That goal call we just heard was that Wolf. I. Right. I don't and, think and if so, so, why wasn't it Polly Pencilneck from about an hour ago when Team USA scored and I let out a glorious goal call on the air? Why didn't we capture that and play it? Well, I'll, you I'll say this: it, it was
3: Wolf. It was Wolf, and I uh, found what? it in the archives. Come on. Found Come on. it okay. in the archives. Sorry, Polly.
2: Somebody get off the rear and get it done in real time.
1: Yeah, once again too. Everyone's I think mailing was, it in. That was from the dark days, I believe. That was a
2: long yeah. time ago, Polly. That was an epiphany of sorts for me. Here we go. Gloves are coming off. I'm rolling up the sleeves, sort of reminds me of DeAndre Aiden. There's my money segue, Wolf. Okay, Paulie. You know what? Do you when your free time? When you're sitting around the compound, and we do oh, know you no free time. You sit around the compound, and you know on the weekends, you basically don't move. It's I don't know
1: you what you're talking about,
2: and the remote control, maybe a cold glass. No, Paul. Uh, and what do you watch usually, Wolf? What, what
1: is it that you spend those countless hours watching on the screen? As a matter of fact, I watch games, Paul. That's what I watch, period. Basketball games, Pauly. Football games. That's all I do okay. is watch games. Okay.
2: I need you to expand your viewing universe, and I need you to go to HBO. Okay. In addition to the homework assignment that is tomorrow night, Hard Knocks, Episode 3. Oh, I see. Uh, episode 3. Go ahead and scroll down in your HBO app there, and you'll see the Shaquille O'Neal documentary. Yes. And, and I only watched the opening episode so far. But let me tell you, I stood up and I said, okay, wait a minute. That, that has an application to DeAndre Ayton. And I'm talking about Shaquille O'Neal. And what he said, and we're about to listen to it. His story from high school, when he thought he was a seven foot Magic Johnson. Oh, I'm gonna run the floor, I'm gonna lead the break, I'm gonna do the finger rolls, the behind the back, I'm gonna look pretty. Well, I'll let Shaq take it from here.
1: Senior high school. Magic Johnson was my guy. So I'm smooth with the ball, look away past. I cross the dude up and have go, ooh. I go to give a nasty finger roll and I miss. All of a sudden I see this big dude walk on the court and it's my father, the Sarge. He said, call a timeout. Yes, sir. He said, what you doing? Man, I'm just working on my magic. <laughs> <laughs> that. You should kill over there. Don't get everything <laughs> And the boys knew what happened. They knew the Sarge didn't touch me up. I looked at him. He was like, give me like like That's all you had to say, bro? When I dunked, I was so I wanted to break the rim off. For him. Oh, this is what you want me to do? Terrified.
2: In that very moment, as Shaquille O'Neal tells it, his senior year of high school, he went from pretty boy basketball to breaking backboards. Yes. What Sarge, his dad, the military father he had, who was very hands-on to hear Shaq tell it, what he did to Shaq in that moment. Could it be akin, could we draw a parallel to what Pat Bev just did to DeAndre Ayton based on how DeAndre Ayton has
1: responded ever since? Yes, it could be, Paul. It could be. But once again, I think we're going to have to wait and see. Three games is not going to do it for me. You know I've gone back and forth on DeAndre Hayden. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, you know what? That's it. He's never going to get it. That Oh, man. dang! You know what? He might get it. He might. He might be maturing. He might just, you know, he's so young, and and he just might need to mature a little bit more than somebody else. He is going to get it. No, he's not. He's, he's he's never going to get it. And then all the, I cannot... Tell I think I've been up and down three different times on DeAndre Ayton as to whether or not he's going to get it. This last one has got my attention. The Suns, I think, have tried an awful lot of different tactics to get DeAndre Ayton to be as aggressive and physical as he possibly can be. With all of that great talent, with all of that great length, with all of that great physicality, they want him to be able to bring that physicality to the floor on a consistent basis. And we just have never seen him really do that. Well, Pat Bev charged him and jacked him in the back. Don't call it a shove. That's right, Paul. Weak don't sauce. call it that. He went ahead and clipped him right in the back with a shoulder, put it into his back, and he knocked him to the ground. I From behind. I don't know what happened here, Paulie, but I know there were three days three days before they got back on the basketball floor three days before they played the Pistons On Friday night. And then, of course, it was Utah. Utah. On Saturday night. And all I know is those two games, back-to-back, they went off. And when I say they went off, DeAndre Ayton was in the center of them going off. 28-12 on Friday night. And then Saturday night, 29-21. And I mean... It wasn't just the numbers. It was how he actually did it. And then last night, 17-12, and not as physical as what we saw in those first two games, especially against Utah. Not as physical. But at the same time, these three games, the most physical I've seen D.A. be back-to-back-to-back since he showed up here. Does that mean he's turned the corner, Paul? No, it doesn't. You need a bigger, a bigger sample size than three games.
2: And we're going to get to Jay Williams' comment on that very question in a moment. But first, here's Monty Williams, right, on the before and after. Why Monty Williams maybe started this season in training camp and basically gave D.A. the cold shoulder the entire offseason. The how, the why, the tough love that Shaq's dad brought to him? Is Monty doing the same thing with D.A.? He'll say something to you guys about how I'm on him all the time, Um, but this is why. I mean, you you know what guys are capable of they may not be able to do it every night but you know we have guys that can not just put up numbers but they can put up numbers that allow you to win games and when you put up monster numbers like that that effectively help you win games like that that is a standard Western Conference player of the week yes is 29 and 21 the first suns player to have at least 28 and 20 rebounds in a game since? Amari Stoudemire 2007. <laughs> Would you say Amari Stoudemire was aggressive? Would yes. you say Amari used yes. to attack the basket with yes. a vengeance? Yes, absolutely he did. stinking did. So with all this being the case and what we've seen ever since, the before and after, the cause and effect, right? All this, we had Jay Williams on, yeah. former NBA player, NBA analyst, ESPN Radio, we get all that and we basically asked him the question, do you believe in this three-game sample size? No. No,
0: I can't believe it. I need I need to see it done and sustained for me to believe that it is something because in, in this league of greats like I, I, I don't I don't overreact. You know, it's like when I was on the horn with you guys several weeks ago. Well, if I'm not sure you were there, but we were talking to Luke about the fact he was like, a lot of injuries, and should we be worried? I'm like, hey, look. Like, I am even this especially when it comes to championship teams. And one of the things I've always waited for as it relates to the Suns is the next tier to see if DeAndre Ayton could not only get there, because you see glimpses of it all the time. Yeah. I need it sustained. So, like... That's one question I would ask you guys. Like, you guys watch some games just as much as I do. Like, with what you've seen thus far, like with this tenure there, do you think it's sustainable or do you need to see it sustained before you can actually believe it's true? Because I'm part of the latter.
2: The one thing we might agree on in this entire four hour show, I'm with you on DeAndre Aden. You hit zoom out. It's not a matter of what the box score says. It's not a matter of yeah. did he make hoops. It's did he make a difference? Don't tell me the what, tell me how it looked whether he was the aggressor, whether he brought that physicality. Because for Devin Booker to say after the 29-21 and rebound game, and his quote was, I don't know what he ate for Thanksgiving. I should have been over there. Yeah. Even his own teammates saw it.
1: Even they had wide eyes as to, okay, where did that come from? Listen, Paulie, I'm all about raise the bar for DeAndre Ayton. So you know the way I feel. Three games? Okay, great. Show us over the next 30 games
2: and beyond. And let me see it against Embiid and Anthony Davis, Davis and Rudy Gobert. All right, According to a recent report, Sean Payton may have some interest in coaching the Cardinals. In fact, Sean Payton has actually spoken about the Cardinals. We'll get into that next. Calvici in for Luke. Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Wolf
3: the-
2: and
0: Luke. Arizona Sports, the... Local sports leader. Leader.
2: Leader. Are we in the trust tree here, Ron Wolfley? Wait, don't mess it up, Wolf. This is the sort of vengeance that the Cardinals actually came out with against the Chargers. The sort of vengeance that I was a little apprehensive as to whether
1: we'd see it or not. You're kind of a Kid Rock guy, aren't you, Paulie? Sort of. Like Kid Rock, you have to admit it. I do. It's a guilty pleasure, a little Kid Rock. Hasn't Kid especially Rock, especially this song right here. Hasn't
2: yeah, he since gone country? Literally,
1: isn't he? I, I More think so. Country, think, these days. But I'll, you know what he did right there. Yeah, sort of, his rejoin was kick you in the face.
2: Yeah, sort of parallels your life, right? Yeah. Uh, once upon a oh, time. Stop it, please. To nobody now, cares. Then and now, Wolf. You know it's. Uh, anyways, I was a little apprehensive there starting that game against the Chargers because I was wondering. The last time the Cardinals played the Chargers, it was week 12 of 2018. Yeah. In that soccer stadium in L.A.
1: Yeah, oh, I remember.
2: And the bottom fell out that day. Yes, it did. 45-10, to 10, they lost. Phillip Rivers, I think, completed his first 29 passes in a row, which was an NFL record. And he talked to 29 different guys about those. <laughs> the other notable takeaway from that game, it was the only game where Robert Kimdichie Actually played up to his potential. Oh Go look at the stats from that game. He had like two and a half sacks. He had four tackles for loss. Ditch. He was Aaron Donald for one game. Robert Kindici.
0: Robert Kindici, no. defensive tackle, no. Ole Miss. At
1: 6'3", 295 pounds, Kandichie can hold up at the point of attack and use his speed to make plays from the backside. He's a disruptor of the highest order. And when motivated, hunts his prey with such myopic focus, hardened NFL scouts cannot believe what they're seeing. But Robert Kandichie is not without blemish or stink. Scouts say he takes plays off, doesn't play up to his skill set, gets blocked by Barney the Dinosaur, and lacks a motor. Still, Candice's talent is beyond reproach. NFL comparison Darnell Dockett physically and Aaron Donald athletically. He was okay. all
2: that and more in that okay. one game, but you should have cut that okay. scatter
1: report after the two words,
2: <laughs> when motivated. Those, oh, those, my goodness. Those were the operative words, when motivated. Yes, Just end it right there because the answer was never or rarely. Now, The point I was trying to make, as I try and recall, the point I was trying to make was the Cardinals came out, and they bludgeoned the Chargers to begin with. I haven't seen a Cardinals running back get to the second level with such frequency and ease in a long time.
1: You're talking about this last game. This last
2: game, the Cardinals' physicality, they came out. And the reason I bring that up is because we're going to get into this talk from Sean Payton. And a potential coaching change, at least based on the noise that's out there and everything. Okay. There are four ways that you make a change, NFL coaching change. Number one is if you lose the team and you see a complete lack of effort. You didn't see that against the Chargers. You're right. Uh, Number two would be if you're losing a lot of ground in your division. And that has been the case in the past when the Cardinals have made a coaching change. They realize they're far behind their own division. Uh, Number three would be the business side of things. If all of a sudden, season ticket renewals, sponsorships, just the bottom line. And then number four would be the regression of the franchise quarterback. So I bring those up, and everyone can decide accordingly where that's tracking. But the name that's out there is a name who spoke yesterday on the herd. Sean Payton. And guess what? He has a history with the Cardinals, as Sean Payton himself was too willing to offer up out of nowhere.
0: I was a ball boy for this team. Back in, I'm going to date myself, but when the St. Louis Cardinals, before they were the Arizona Cardinals, their training camp was held at Eastern Illinois, where I went to school. And so the early years there in the 83, 84, 85, it was Hannafin and then became Gene Stallings. Yeah. You know, we'd, we'd clean the rooms, bring towels to the rooms. We'd have a summer a job. the Neil Lomax team? Neil Lomax had just taken over for Jim Hart. Um, Mr. Bidwell Sr. was the owner at that time. And and I I think I know that family well enough. And um, shoot, Joe Buck was, I was 18 or 19 and he was 16. He was there. And then finally, my junior, senior year, I handed out rosters and and got to eat with the team, work for the team.
1: Oh my goodness, was he there in 1986? Was he there? Children of the Corn, that's what we called ourselves. We called ourselves Children of the Corn because Gene Stallings ran the most brutal training camp, maybe in the history of the National Football League. You got to remember this guy, a junction boy, Polly. That's right. A junction, boy. One of these guys, Bear Bryant, took out to an Air Force camp. Remember that? An Army base is actually what it was. Took this team out and suddenly brought the team back. Well, they went out on four buses and they came back with one. Uh (laughs) Oh, Think about that, Paul. What does that say? It's like Navy SEALs. The Junction Boys. Gene Stallings was one of those guys. He survived that camp with Bear Bryant. He reenacted that in 1986. Were you there, Sean Payton? That's what I'd like to know. But that, that, Paul, is really beside the
2: point. I mean, water... You don't need no stinking water. That's the way those right, exactly used
1: to be run. So, so But, look, Paul, as it pertains to Sean Payton, yeah. these rumors that are out there right now, I, I don't give them any credence whatsoever. What about you? I don't give the I, – I, I give it credence from Sean
2: Payton's angle. I see where he's trying to speak this into existence. He needs to stir up multiple teams – to create some leverage if he's going to be an nfl head coach next year i do believe in the relationship and that is a big deal if there is an existing and or long-standing relationship between a head coach and a franchise the ownership then that is significant hey look it's the first step in a potential marriage of any sort now do I expect it to happen this offseason? Absolutely not. Not with the contract extensions that are in place. Once again, the reason that Cliff Kingsbury was extended was because you knew you were extending Kyla Murray. Yeah, sure. So, so, with all this, but it doesn't keep Sean Payton from offering it up. In fact, there was another question from the herd, and we'll listen to this, and basically it was about the Cardinals and how the season has gone and whether they can turn it around.
0: Is it solvable? Yeah, it's a good question. It's certainly more of a rubik's cube than it a simple x and an o thing i mean this this is it's pretty complex it began to become complex when word got out about the contract i'd like to say this is something that's a one-off or but this repeats itself every year i mean it's and it's the teams that aren't having the success they expected it, it's it's frustrating when you lose um, man, you're you're seeing it in Denver. You're seeing it in New Orleans. All these things build up, and they're they're magnified when you lose.
2: There's a reason he's not in New Orleans this season, and I mean this season with the departure of Drew Brees. Do you think that's a fluke? Do you think that wasn't by design? Uh, I don't know, Paulie. Mean, I, I honestly do not Sean know right May. now. And, and how many other teams are going to have openings? who are going to have a franchise quarterback. Sure. So in some ways, I think perhaps just maybe. Maybe he's trying to speak it into existence. Maybe he's trying to express on the record, you know what? I do have interest in this opening.
1: Yeah, you know what, Paulie? I think we ought to just trade for Max Crosby too, you know. We just and that's the other part of this. You what would you have to give up to get Sean Payton? You'd have to give up I, I think yeah. he, the, the Saints are going to ask you for a number one. They're going to ask you for a first Number round one. pick, yeah. Yeah, no deal. Yeah, well, okay. no deal. Well, there you go, right there. Then I'm it's out. dead in the water. Is that re- is there precedent? Oh yeah, that? Paul, there is. Right, I think there. Yeah,
2: back no, in the day, Belichick and what the Patriots had to give up.
1: Uh, you're talking about a Hall of Fame coach in John Payton. All right, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text
2: line at 620, 620 right now. All right, speaking of head coaches, how about Kenny Dillingham? What's his first order of business? At least, uh, what sort of free advice would we give him now that he's the ASU head coach? Wolf and Luke with Paul Calvisi sitting in for Luke on The Local Sports Leader.
0: Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, The Local Sports Leader.
2: Right, because I'm doing everything around here in this studio, Ron Wolfley. I just researched it up where we left our last conversation about compensation for a Sean Payton, who you consider a Hall of Fame head coach. Yes. Here we go. Here's here's a few examples. Bill Belichick from the Jets to New England netted a first-round pick. Bill Parcells. To the Jets from New England, a first, a second, a third, and a fourth. <laughs> and I totally forgot what Al Davis, what he got from Tampa for John Gruden in his prime back in the day. Yeah. Two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and $8 million in cash.
1: Yeah. So you're not laughing at Sean Payton getting a first-round pick in exchange for Sean Payton and his services. You're not You're not looking at the New Orleans Saints like they're out of their mind for asking for a first-rounder. Maybe
2: not. They're no. maybe not out of no. their mind, but they're out of luck is what they are because they ain't
1: getting no yeah, stinking first-round pick. There you go right there. This is the reason why I Especially saying, when it good? could be what? a top-ten pick. Paulie, what are we going to do? Are we going to sit around? Are we going to talk about this? Yeah, like uh, this is a rumor that is out there right now that I just— I just don't think it has any reality. Guess it what? doesn't. Listen, if I am wrong on this, I will. I'll be the first guy that stands up as a man was I dead wrong. I don't mind being wrong. I don't. I'm wrong every day of my life. And if you don't say it, I will on your behalf. Yeah, right, Paul. Thank you very much. You just can't admit yeah. that you're wrong. Here's That's the- your problem. Walk around and pretend like you're right all day long when you're just nothing but Wrong.
2: The one competitive advantage the Cardinals have in the division right now over the Rams and the 49ers, a first-round pick in the upcoming draft. Interesting. I'm not giving that up. Yeah. I don't care if your name's Sean Payton. I don't care if you have a Super Bowl ring. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's a non-starter. Okay, Paulie. Let's talk about a different head coach. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Kenny Dillingham. He had something to say. In fact, if we have it ready to go, there he was meeting the media, winning the press conference. Wolf, once again, Kenny Dillingham, 1-0 in his career coaching record at ASU. He just won the press conference. He was asked, among other things, how to maximize Arizona State football.
3: You want to win at the highest level? You want to maximize this place? We need everybody in this room. Positive things positive things we need everybody in this room to get involved if you don't know how to get involved how do you get involved this is one of the biggest metropolitan areas in the country it's growing at a rapid rate we need the valley behind us we need the state behind us we need butts in seats we need everything that this valley has all in because i am
2: what did you think of that, Polly honestly? Well, you told me I was wrong. hate to say it. Kenny Dillingham is wrong. There's apathy out there right now. Yeah, really? If, you, if you're counting on Sun Devil Nation I to, think it's a great to rise up, Yes, I'm not saying anything about the hire. I'm just yeah. saying if his game plan is everybody to rally to the cause, ain't happening. Ain't happening. You need to prove it to this fan base. Yes, They need to see it I before see they saying, believe Paulie. it. Because they heard it from Todd Graham. And then they heard it from Ray Anderson that we belong in the top 15 every year. Yes. And we need more than the Sun Bowl and the Holiday Bowl. And guess what? We're going to pay Todd Graham $12 million plus to go away because that is straight ahead. In, and then all of a sudden, it got worse. A lot worse. <laughs> I mean, you just had the most losses in ASU football history. You paid Herm Edwards $4 million plus to go away. Your school is going to be on sanctions, some penalty. Now, Air Force just got got sentenced for something very similar to what ASU allegedly committed, and it wasn't that onerous. So maybe just maybe ASU will get off and it'll be a slap on the wrist to some degree, especially since the NCAA has taken more than two years to get this done. But if you're counting on everyone to rise up, absolutely not. That's not going to happen.
1: Here's the thing, though, Pally. Uh Once again, um, to your point, you're right. I think you're right about this. Uh, they, they rise up and they rally around you when you give them reason to yep. rise up. And they're waiting and rally to see. around you. Yes, they're waiting to see right now. But I do believe that Kenny Dillingham is going to have success here. I think this is a good hire. I do. I believe that Kenny Dillingham is going to be able to build ASU back into a top 20 Program And I don't think it's going to take very long. And the reason why I say that is because of the NIL, of course, and the transfer portal. Those two things, the combination of those two things means that free agency is alive and well at the college level. And I'm not talking about the NIL so much as I am about the transfer portal. Because the transfer portal, this is the land of opportunity. I've been talking about it for the last year. I fully believe it. If you're some kid and you're wasting away on Alabama and Nick Saban's roster because you're playing third team and you're not getting on the field, you're not getting any reps, why in the world would you stay there? You wouldn't. You're going to hit the transfer portal, and maybe you get the opportunity here at ASU, here in Tempe, to actually go out and make a statement to the National Football League and the scouts that are in the National Football League. Do you know, Paul, there are 98% of the guys that play college football where they want to be in the NFL at some point in time. 98%. Believe it or not, Paulie, there are some guys that are playing college football that don't want to pursue an NFL career, that don't want to, just want to use what's going on at college, use the experience to actually go into the work, place believe it or not paul okay 98 percent of these kids want to go play in the nfl but there is a percentage that doesn't want to do that they just want to use the experience put it on their resume and move on they got no problem being third team they got no problem If you're saying it's all about the transfer portal, first and foremost, then then okay, I'm
2: encouraged a little bit by that because ASU is way behind when it comes to NIL. So if you're you're...
1: not, Paulie. listen, the NIL is something they have to develop. They do. But they're nowhere close to being there. But again, if you're talking about some of these guys and Paul, there are guys that are going into their junior years that are entering the transfer portal there are guys that are trying to get the opportunity to go play somewhere why late in their college careers they're they're trying to get the opportunity paul to get into the national football league which brings me to my first order of business they don't care about the nil
2: but let's hear from kenny dillingham on his first priority
3: players Lead our players this is, this is all about the people. Meet the players and meet the people associated with the program, right? The place, this is home for me, but every place is about the people, the people in the building. From the, the janitors to the secretaries, right to the players, right to the other coaches, right. I mean, when we talked today. I'm like, what are their games are there this week? I don't want to go to as many games as I can go to, right? I was mad I missed the hockey game last night. <laughs> I mean, golly, right? So for me, it's get around people and the people, the people, the people, and that's what matters.
2: Players, that's where I, I
1: take it. offense to that cut. He wished players. he was at the hockey game rather than
2: yeah coaching oregon. are you bitter at all maloney that he left behind your alma mater
1: just don't take all of our players
2: dude guess what what's their the, coming what's the quarterback's name again at oregon who's sitting behind bo nicks
0: ty thompson
2: oh ty thompson.
0: <laughs> i think he went to basha high
2: school i was gonna say local product calvisi consulting dare i say that coach dillingham dilly dilly that you recruit your own players first because you don't want a repeat of what happened last off season when you lost Jaden Daniels and Johnny Wilson to Florida State, and Ricky Pearsall, and you lost that freshman hey, All-American Bollie. linebacker Eric Gentry to USC, and Chip him to Ohio State. I mean, I continue, but we're up against the break, because yeah, I could Bollie. fill a
1: four-hour show with how many guys transferred out. I'm just saying right now, how many guys actually came here from other schools in Herms last year? Forty-two, I believe it was forty-two. Wow. Get ready for that number to be blown away, Paul. Here it comes. Transfer Portal view. That's what it's going to be for ASU. And I would keep uh, angry Ray Anderson
2: away from the recruits. I'm just saying, uh, you don't need any more to get off my lawn speeches. That's that's not going to be a plus or a positive in trying to retain or recruit talent. And, Ray, put a tie on Hey, Cliff Kingsbury said it was a point of emphasis to play more physical. So uh, should that give all Cardinals fans hope? That and uh, Kelvin Beecham, did you already have to say right after the game? We'll revisit that. Caldeci okay, for Luke on Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Wolf and Luke Middays,
2: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, this sounds like you back in the day. Okay. Cause on game day back in the day, you were um, well, how do we say this? Um, you're a lunatic. Um, yeah. Seahawks linebacker Daryl Taylor wasn't relegated to the sidelines when he came off on a Quandre Diggs interception of Derek Carr. TV cameras caught Daryl Taylor deciding to leave the Seahawks sideline. To run onto the field and block for Quandre Diggs on the takeaway. And amazingly, astonishingly, the Seahawks were not flagged for having too many men on the field. What? If only somebody would have done that to James Harrison in Super Bowl forty-three before <laughs> halftime. Somebody jump out there and just make the stinking tackle, and then return to the sideline real quick.
1: Ah, uh, nobody saw oh, it. Wait a minute, man! Did you see that? No, I, I didn't. did not see that.
2: It's an AP story. The Seahawks beat writer. Apparently, nobody saw it until somehow they went back to the game film and realized there were 12 defenders on the field blocking, well, 11 defenders blocking and paving the way for Quandre Diggs after his interception against the Raiders. It's
1: truly incredible right there. It really is that that happened, Paulie. Josh Jacobs. Think about that game, too. Seattle right there. Seattle's defense has been so much better. It was one of the things that I was talking about, right? I thought one of the reasons why the Arizona Cardinals would railroad the Seattle Seahawks was because their defense, especially the the rush defense was just abysmal, uh, especially in terms of trying to tackle somebody else. But they've been really, really good over the last six weeks until they played the Raiders, of course, and Josh Jacobs went off in that game. Enough about the stinking Seahawks.
2: Let's talk about the Cardinals. You posed the question earlier, okay, how do you use the bye week? What do you do to try and get better? Let's go to right after the game. Kelvin Beecham was our post-game radio guest, and uh, here he is, and just you tell me what to make of this exchange after the Cardinals' close loss against the Chargers? I think that they did a really good job of pressure on second downs, um, and I think as the game wore on, we started to get a beat on that. Um, and I think that second down and you know second down and nine that we had backed up that they blitzed us on um, and, and sacked us on. I mean, it really it really hurts. You know, they were to stop the clock. We weren't able to get many yards, and we put our defense uh, on the field and in a short position. You know, but at the end of the day, it's, a, it's all about the turnover battle, and we had two turnovers. And uh, you're not supposed to win if you have two turnovers. But even in spite of that, as as you know, stupid as we played today, uh, we set out our opportunity to close the game out, and we didn't do so. Stupid. You you didn't like the football IQ? Not at all. How so? I mean, there's an opportunity again to close the game out with. You know, two drives in the
0: fourth quarter. Uh, And offenses that are of of playoff caliber are able to do so. And we didn't do that today.
2: It's one thing not to execute. Yes, it's one thing. To, it's another thing to play stupid football. What does he mean by that?
1: Yeah, Polly, I wish I knew. I, I really don't. Uh, you know, we talked about this earlier. Of course, I have no idea. I was surprised to hear him say that. I don't know if he's talking about the play calling. I don't know if he's talking about the formation. I don't know if he's talking about the personnel groupings and what they tried to do. I don't know if he's talking about a fellow teammate. Um, I know there was a couple of mental errors. On the offensive line, where some free hitters came yeah. through, James Connell yeah. when they handed the yeah. ball off one yeah. of those possessions on first down, got totally trucked well, by it, Tranquil, who came on a run-down blitz, and there was a metal error there, and maybe Calvin Beecham, it was on his side as well, where he came through. Maybe he was lighting up the guy that lined up next to him, I'm just saying.
2: The eighth different offensive line combination this season, maybe it was a byproduct of that. Maybe it was you look at the fourth quarter, and that's what he's referring to—the end of the game—and you realize that Trey McBride got two targets, and Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins combined Maybe got it
1: was that one
2: target, and that one target was D Hop saving an interception with a one-handed, ridiculous oh one-handed my grab. Gosh,
1: you gotta be kidding me! One, <laughs> of the, one of the greatest catches nobody will ever talk right. about that. Yeah, one of the greatest catches I've seen on a football field by a receiver, D Hop
2: but if we're to believe offensive linemen and believe you talking about offensive linemen they love nothing more than running the ball and you guys asked coach cliff kingsbury yesterday right here in this studio as to why the cardinals ran the ball more
1: they were and uh, it's it's a group who had some injuries up front and, and we knew that was an area we had to attack early and um, try to establish a run game and, and build some things off of it do you expect
2: that to continue Run well through that was was that because yes, the Chargers came in with a historically bad run defense and is that how much of that is responsible for the Cardinals' 181 yards rushing or is there going to be a different yeah.
1: identity and DNA down the stretch? I'm hoping, Paulie, it's going to be a different identity and DNA down the stretch. It has to, as far as I'm concerned. And what they need to do is be able to run the ball with Kyler Murray under center and use the power of play action to throw the ball down the field. Paul, it's so critical, uh, You just just don't see the Arizona Cardinals taking the requisite amount of shots down the field that I think they need to do in order to get this passing game going once again. And one of the reasons why they don't attack the line of scrimmage enough. This is just my feeling. They don't attack it enough with Kyler Murray under center. Act like you're going to run the tackle zone and then here comes the bootleg off of it or the waggle to the weak side or just a straight seven-step drop play action or maybe even go eight-man protection. Release two receivers into the pattern. One over the top, that'd be Hollywood Brown, and then maybe on a dig, here comes DeAndre Hopkins. I just think, honestly, the chunk throws are not there. And this is what I want to see the Cardinals fix, Paulie, going into this bye week and coming out of this bye week is you've got to fix it first you got to fix it first mentally schematically and then you can do it physically
2: you might be able to do it in the afterglow of a team usa win here in the world cup dot 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 i don't want to pass factor this thing or anything around here but usa leads late one nothing Special thanks to Jay Williams and John Bloom. Bloomer's losing his mind right now over the beautiful game, as he told us earlier. Who
1: good. Yep.
2: For Ron Wolfley, Aaron Malone, I'm Paul Calvisi. This has been Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Peace and strength.